Intersection is brought to you by Touchpoint Media Network, podcast dedicated to discussions on all things healthcare. Learn more at touchpoint.health. After we came home from the hospital and you know, I took her to her, her neurologist appointments and everything, Lily was diagnosed with apraxia speech. She also had other issues. If she were to take a shower or a bath, the warm water, till this day, eight years later, she thinks it's burning her. Anything warm food, she thinks is burning her. Um, if she were to fall a lot of times and hurt herself, she might not cry because her pain tolerance is different. Welcome to Intersection. I am Bobby Ratu, storyteller. I had Lily and almost eight years ago, and when Lily was 12 months old, she had a reaction to her vaccinations. It was hepatitis A and Prevnar 13. We were on vacation in Georgia, and um, she had an hour and 30-minute seizure and was flown to Emory Hospital in Atlanta. Um, she was on life support for three to four days, and when they took her off of life support, they didn't know if she was going to be able to talk, walk. Um, she was a completely different child. And at that time, I was accepted to dental school, and it was a week before dental school started. And I asked the neurologist at the hospital, I was like, well, you know, would it be a good, good idea for me to go back to school, or should I stay home with Lily? And they were like, we don't know what's going to happen. You know her, she had brain damage. And so they were just like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Just stay home with her. So that's when I got a job in the hospital. And um, I could only work PRN because, which is as needed, because um, I had to take her to her therapy appointments, to doctor appointments. I couldn't work full-time or part-time. And so with how Greenville County is and the surrounding areas, apartments, homes are ridiculously expensive, especially with a single mom and a child with special needs. Housing. Having a safe home is one of the most basic needs for a family. Brittany Arnold, single mom, healthcare worker, a woman with a dream, a simple dream, a safe home for her daughter, Lily. Fast forward, you know, to almost eight years later, I was looking online, I looked up, you know, Section 8, which I called and they said they have a two to three year wait. And I um, was trying to find like something, an organization or something. And I looked and I saw Homes of Hope. And I saw how they had men's development. And I saw, you know, the pictures and everything like that. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a shot. So I went and applied. And um, about a year later, I got an email saying that they had a home available. And I remember just crying. I was like, oh my gosh, finally something good, you know, for me and my daughter and everything like that. And um, I just feel really blessed that this organization has truly helped me and helped my daughter to be independent, to feel like, you know, no matter, you know, I work and take care of her, you know, I do the best that I can do. Now I finally have something amazing you know, and I'm proud of to have. Housing is a huge issue and has become an economic barrier for many families. Brittany's story has so many facets, so many barriers she has to overcome, and yet she still achieved her dream. My name is Brittany Arnold. I'm 30 years old. I have a seven-year-old daughter. I work with Prisma Health and I also work with Shriners for Children. 
I've always loved helping people, helping children. Her story is one we can truly appreciate through her own words. Before we can truly understand Brittany's story, we need a little context surrounding affordable housing in Greenville County, South Carolina. As more urban areas like Greenville, South Carolina continue to see a boom in growth, residents with lower incomes are pushed into parts of the county that may be farther from jobs and transportation. Brittany's situation forced her into a more flexible PRM position to provide the attention necessary for her daughter's medical needs. Housing, stable income, a common theme. Tony McDade, Executive Director of United Ministries in Greenville, South Carolina, has seen firsthand how growth has impacted access to affordable housing. So when I returned to Greenville in 2003, what I found was working with homeless families that there were places for them to move to, but there was just a dearth of jobs. It was just a, a circumstance. Subsequently, we've gone through the economic downturn. Now that situation has completely flipped around so that folks can find a good job that will sustain them but affordable housing, housing that is safe and affordable, that is permanent for their families, that has become just virtually impossible for someone to find. There are just no housing units available at what you might regard as fair market rent so that someone doesn't have the situation where they're paying more than a third of their income for their housing. Uh, what we find with people in poverty who aspire to leave poverty is that they're facing a situation where they pay half to all of their income just to sustain their families with a place to stay. To me, uh, it, it kind of boils down to generational change. Uh, a life change is so much more important to me and us than just helping people. Anybody can help people, and that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But life change generationally is impactful forever. Meet Don Oglesby, Homes of Hope president and CEO. They have a tremendous vision, providing opportunities for generational change throughout South Carolina. They do this in two ways, by rebuilding communities and rebuilding lives. Uh, when you have a way of thinking that's different. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he also goes. So if you're thinking differently, it changes your whole life. And if you have a radical change to the point where it really changes everything, then you teach it to your children and then your grandchildren. And it changes generational cycles that happen in our society so much. Uh, we find our clients stuck in the same mode because that's all they know. They're not stupid people, but sometimes ignorance is, is present. Ignorance is you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So until you know something different, your life is always stuck in that pattern, in that generational cycle. So that to me lights me up where life change happens. Then everything changes uh, beyond just handing somebody some free groceries or something. beginning they, they want to make sure you know you have a stable work history that you're working and that you know you meet the got their guidelines and everything to get a homes of hope um, I love the fact that is very Christian based you don't see that a lot at all I don't know if there's really any other type of organization especially housing development 
um, that is Christian based and I love that fact and um, like I said there's so many people that apply and you're on a waiting list and I just basically and I told Denise that I wanted to stay in the Malden area because of so I could be close to my parents so they way they could pick her to school take her to therapy you know because they really helped me out a lot with Lily and she said well she said it might be a wait for that because when people you know go to Malden live in Malden they don't tend to leave and I said okay so um, I just kept in touch with her for a year just to, you know giving her a heads up hey you know um, just checking in and stuff like that and they do you know all the background checks and everything like that and um, I just got a, a met, email out of the blue saying they had a, a place available. <laughs> so one of the things that sets us apart in affordable housing is quality. We want it to be market quality. It's a, it's a founding principle of ours that we do not want you to be singled out to know what your income is by driving by your house and looking at it. It should be indistinguishable from the market. So we just demand excellence in design and quality of construction. And so the general contractor will too. Uh, it really produces a better product. And if it's built well, it's energy efficient, which we found out in the beginning with low income family, you might can afford your rent or your house payment, but if it's not energy efficient, you can't afford your power and you're still in the same cycle of maybe getting evicted every couple of months because you can't afford the total bill. So we want to make sure it's energy efficient, and the only way to do that is to build it well. Oh my gosh, I was in the car, and um, I was at a red light sitting there, and I was checking my email, and I saw an email from Denise saying, hey, we have a Malden um, home available. Are you still interested? And I remember I was like, oh my gosh. And so I drove home. And I remember I was standing in my parents' living room. And I just started crying. I was like, finally, finally, something good is going in my life. Finally, I've waited so long for this. And Lily was in school. And I remember um, she came home from school and I told her, I said, well, I said, Lily, we have our own home now. She's like, what? And she was so excited. And she was already starting to plan, you know, how she's going to decorate her room. And she told me she wanted a, a slide in the bathroom, in her own bathroom. I said, no, we can't have a slide in the bathroom, you know. And I just, I was so, it was almost a surreal feeling because, I didn't think that I could get something. You know what I mean? You, you go so long being, feeling like you're not independent, you know, and then you finally have something that you've dreamed of, and it felt very, very surreal. The first night, Lily slept with me, and I just remember just laying there and hearing all the little, you know, the nicks and crannies and, you know, just being on my own, you know. And then the next morning, Lily woke up. She's like, Mama, that's the best soup I ever had, you know. And it, and it melted my heart. I was just like, I'm glad that my child is happy, that she loves this house just as much as I do. To me, it means that everyone can thrive when they have a safe and stable home. And so I often will quote author Matthew Desmond, who was in Greenville about this time last year and won the Pulitzer Prize for a book called Eviction. And he says, without stable shelter, everything falls apart. And so I think we can see that, and that's what it means to me. If we can help provide that for everyone in our community, then we can all thrive and be stronger together.
I am Susan McLarty, and I am the coordinator for the Greenville Homeless Alliance, which is a broad public-private partnership of stakeholders working to ensure that homelessness is brief and rare and that we are providing safe, affordable homes for everyone in our community. So in many areas, the barrier has become, as I mentioned, when, you, when your maximum rent is $419 a month, and your income is around 15,000 annually, let's say. Transportation can be a barrier if now your home is removed from those transportation routes. And so as we think about urban sprawl and transportation and housing, we have to be very intentional. The best planning we can do is to put jobs near homes and also make transportation a part of connecting all the other services outside of your job and other areas you need to travel to as well. Uh, because what we found too is that the income needed to, to now thrive in our county is about twice what minimum wage is. So, you know, you really, as a single income person, you need to be starting minimum around $14.32 an hour, so really approaching the $15 per hour full-time work to, to just survive in this county. Okay, after we came home from the hospital and you know, I took her to her, her neurologist appointments and everything, Lily was diagnosed with apraxia speech. Um, she also had other issues. If she were to take a shower or a bath, the warm water, till this day, eight years later, she thinks is burning her. Anything warm food, she thinks is burning her. Um, if she were to fall a lot of times and hurt herself, she might not cry because her pain tolerance is different. Um, and mean, being PRN, another reason is if I were to have any type of insurance, her, she's on six different medicines and one of her medicines is called Vivance. And with a certain type of insurance, I looked it up, it would be with insurance, it would be $347 for a 30-day supply, just of one medicine. Um, her therapy would be, she's on, she goes to speech and OT, $100 a week, so $400 a month. Um, and that's with insurance. And um, since Lou is disabled and she's on Medicaid, you know, services, they do not, no matter where I take her, they do not turn me or her away. Um, they give her the best care that she possibly can, can have. And that's another reason why I have to stay PRN because I will not be able to afford medications, doctor specialty appointments, um, her therapy or anything like that. Um, without me, you know, with me being PRN, I can definitely afford all of that. The time when her seizure happened and all that was the worst time of my life. And um, she's very blessed being here. Uh, the doctors, like I said, did not know what her outcome was gonna be. Um, when she had gotten off of life support, she just laid there. And they wanted us, in order to leave the hospital, she had to be rolling over you know, sitting up and standing before we left. And so each day she got a little bit better, a little bit better, but she still wasn't the same child. And it's just been a lot of tears, a lot of prayers, a lot of therapy and everything like that for her. 
and that's why I could never work full-time or part-time because there's no job that would let you get to get off at sh you know such short notice to take her to an MRI appointment or to her neurologist appointment or anything like that and so um, so that's why I had to do what I had to do for my child and she's getting better she's a lot better and um, it's just it's gonna take time and just thinking about the past she has come a long ways and she's healthy and she hasn't had any more seizures or anything like that since um, when she was a year old it's hard to talk about what happened with Lily because it's a huge traumatic experience and up until this point it's always been very you know, just thinking about what happened to her and thinking about, you know, me trying and then something, you know, it would fall through or me knowing that I can't afford a home or anything like that. It was very, it was a huge letdown. Um, but when I was telling, you know, Homes of Hope, you know, my story and just how much the little things that people take for granted is so important to people like me. And... <laughs> and just seeing a smile on my child's face because she has a home that she can come home to and a safe place, a happy place. And um, it just feels very rewarding. I just feel very thankful. Thank you. Thank you for everything. This home is beautiful. My child is happy. I'm happy. And... Thank you for, for everything you do for everybody, for, from the programs, for, um, I just, just thank you for everything. It's amazing what housing can do for a family. Stable housing, a safe and secure place to sleep. It's an economic development driver. It also brings tears of joy. I feel blessed. <laughs> Because a lot of people don't know what it feels like to try to do your best, but yet not your fault. And you try to provide, you try to save money, you try to, you know, work hard and get as much hours as you can to have something. And it just feels like life is just pushing you back. And you're trying to provide for your ch you know, child who is disabled and trying to do your best. And... You know, you just feel like you're at the lowest point of your life. You feel helpless. And then Homes of Hope, you know, you, Homes of Hope just basically falls into my lap like it was meant to be. And without Homes of Hope, I would still be at my parents' house. You know, I would still feel like I would be at the lowest point in my life. Highest point is coming home with Lily and just walking into my beautiful home and just spending time with her and just it, it's very like I said a, a surreal a surreal feeling just happiness and love when I come into our home no more whatever's happened in the past with Lily I you know that doesn't come to mind I can finally move forward and have a new chapter with us just of nothing but happiness Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and exploration. 
Most importantly, the many intersections inside the world of storytelling. Intersection is powered by the Touchpoint Media Network, podcast dedicated to discussions on all things healthcare. Go to touchpoint.health for many other podcasts exploring digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, CIO and technology strategies, the challenges of the online physician, the power of the e-patient, and most importantly, the power of storytelling. To learn more, go to touchpoint.health. That is touchpoint.health.